Good morning, afternoon, and evening, ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls, and welcome to another edition, the sixth numero six, numbers X of the Poor Chat Podcast. This week, we'll be delving into our travels, where we've been voyaging. We'll have reviews of Not Stafford, Not Stafford, but Kingsland, uh, and also the slightly uh, less successful home game against Clays and Ashton. And we'll have a preview of the visit of Squires Gate. Yes, Squires Gate, that uh, exotic uh, seaside outpost as well. Uh, looking forward to going to Kettering. Uh, we also have all of the usual news news, new news, good news, and, of course, community news, as well as all of the latest features. So, I'm joined, as always, by James Cave, Nicola Cave, Dan Hayes, Mike Rimmer, and Dan 007 Bond. Uh, so, how are we all, everybody? Thanks Very well, you. thank you all. Very well. Yeah, good. Good. Excellent. So, the biggest question is, where have we all been this week? Mike, let's start with you, because you, you, considering you're a, a quasi-exile, um, you tend <laughs> to have more exotic voyages than probably even me. Yeah, I, I feel like this might have been a good a good one if it wasn't completely done taking the limelight of going to, uh, go to Germany. There was nothing like that this week, but yeah, trip to South Wales for... Did Dan go to uh, Germany? He didn't, I've never mentioned it anywhere, ever. No, Dan didn't go to Germany. It was all made up. <laughs> so, um, Dan Dan Hayes and Bond, the, the, the Dans, as they will be hitherto known, you had a, a fun evening <laughs> out, did. didn't you, we on did. Friday, well, as I well, recall? We had a good weekend of football, watching a well-organised, free-scoring team in yellow and black register a comprehensive victory in the cup against a poorly supported village team. <laughs> Unfortunately, that team was Kendall Town beating Bursco, not Southport on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. um, we did actually see a, a, another sand grounder while we were there, Mr Bond, didn't we? Had a little, uh, a little natter. Yes. little slight natter, slight sort of insight into As you said. little things. As you said, yeah, yeah, it was Mr Watson. As you yes. said, yeah. yeah. It is that, what it is. That, that wasn't the only um, feast of football, Mr. Bond, that you sampled over the uh, over the week. I went to one of the best matches I have ever seen in my whole life, which was wow. AFC Liverpool against Lower Breck FC. It ended nil-nil, and it was two shots on target the whole game on a plastic pitch. <laughs> and it poured it down. And it absolutely poured it down. And I, I, didn't, I didn't know what was coming. I thought you were serious. I thought, oh, he's going to tell no, me that. It was an amazing match that he's not mentioned, you know. Nothing happened. The best moment was when someone just slid it on the plastic pitch and just didn't stop sliding. And it was that was the highlight of the game. You know, it's a bit of football, six quid. I had not actually been to Marines Ground. I don't know how I've not managed to be to Marines Ground, but I you don't know. Been. I think I must have just missed. Yeah, seriously, I've, n- I've never been. I must have just missed every single time we played there. Um, so I needed to hit the ground off, so I did. I didn't realise um, they had a plucky pitch, though, no. Yeah, it's yeah, new. yeah, they do. Yeah. So it used we to be dead there the other week. Yeah, but it's now plastic smooth. And If I'm not mistaken, they've invested the money that they got from the FA Cup run into it on the basis that, again, being the heart of the community, it's a good facility for the community to use. They've also installed new floodlights as well um, on a similar thing. But yeah, they've got a fantastic setup there now at Marine. I mean, I remember, what it, I, I am someone who's been to Marine many times down the years. I, I, my family were all from uh, Crosby originally, and... Um, what they've done, they've invested in the uh, catering facilities. There's now like a proper bistro, which is always fully booked up. They've got it's, they've got a really good setup there, and um, they're making themselves self-sustainable. Caves, um, I, I believe it was um, anniversary night for yourselves. It was. It was a we had a, a rare opportunity to have a, a night out. The uh, mother-in-law had the kids. For the, well, yeah, the, the mother-in-law had the kids for a uh, the afternoon and the evening. So, uh, Mr. Cave came the football. We drank far too much beer. We took real you advantage. Did, you did. You did. Well, I'm we, right. <laughs> we, took, we took real advantage of the happy hours. Uh, we bought one. We got one. We got some more, uh, and then we went um, off to the Great Himalayas for some tea. Um, thank you very much for for booking that table for us, Noel. Very much appreciated. We've got to know. The game that I went to was the last one. It was the final. Um, so the women's final, which was very one-sided, Australia versus New Zealand. Australia absolutely uh, bulldozed um, New Zealand. And then a slightly better game, but still one-sided. Um, 
Australia beat Samoa, who beat England in the semi-final. Um, I do think if England had got there, they'd probably given them the better game. But I suppose I was um, deprived the chance to watch England get battered instead of Samoa. Um, but it, it was a good, um, it was a good uh, showpiece. Um, there was a good atmosphere. A pretty full house at Castle Grey School. Um, it is actually the, only the second time that I've been to Old Trafford. Uh, and it's the first time I've ever been for a sporting fixture. And the last time I went was my graduation ball from Salford University, and I refused to enter the stadium under my own steam. I had to be carried over the threshold, but at least this time I went in of my own accord. But it, it's been a really, uh, despite uh, Cave's protestations, um, you know, we all know his thoughts on other sports, like driving round and round in circles and things like that. Um, but um, it's been a really big success, this uh, Rugby World Cup. Um, and to be fair, I think the Samoan team showed better defence than the Qatar team. But uh, enough of, less about them said, the better. But enough of this frivolity. We, uh, last Tuesday evening, we hosted the league leaders in all but name, Kingsland Town. Uh, and it ended up as a draw, a one-all draw, um, which many of us predicted. Um, who, who was it who got it right there, Dan? I think I got it right. I think a few of us got this, got the results at least. Nicola, did you get another one right? No, I had a I had a one nil win, so I spent the whole game feeling very smug until the, until that uh, equaliser went in. Um, but I, I, I thought again, much like when we played Brackley the other week, I um, felt almost disappointed to not come away with the three points. Thought we looked the better of the team, maybe not in the first half again, but in the second half, we we definitely had that uh, those some some moments. No, I would agree with that. Um, I think that the one thing that, that struck me is when we went ahead, um, and we'll talk about that goal in a little bit because there's a slight amount of controversy about it. Um, I, I thought we sat back too much. And because we sat back, uh, Kings Lynn, without a shadow of doubt, the best footballing side I've seen this year at this level, much as they were during their championship winning season, uh, they knocked the ball around um, exceptionally well. But up until the goal, we seemed to be very much in their faces, causing the pressure, something which we replicated again, if I'm being honest, in say the last five, 10 minutes of the game, to, to some success. Um, but for me, um, really, we, we sat off them too much, um, gave them too much space to play in, and um, didn't. unfortunately, for me, the ball just kept coming back to them. We didn't... Um, keep hold of possession long enough. And it was one of those where you're thinking, eventually this is going to tell. And sadly it did. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Like, so, you know, I've always been very much of the, you know, attack is the best form of defence uh, mindset. And, and we've seen it time and time again when we sit back and, and try and defend a lead. It doesn't often work out for us. But, I mean, it got to a point in the game just just after 80 minutes where you know, they're 1-0 down. Um, they dropped several paces, places in the league at that point. They they had nothing to lose, you know, by, they threw everything at it. Um, you know, you either you lose 2-0 or you can scrape an equaliser. It, it, you know, they, they had nothing to lose at that point. So I think I think that was kind of their mindset, and and we just we just couldn't handle the kind of the constant pressure that we were getting at that late stage in the game. Agreed. Um, so the goal that we did score, uh, first of all, sorry, the lineup changes. Uh, Jack Doyle and now Watson went out in favour of Chris Doyle and Michael Carberry. We went to a three at the back. Um, let's talk about the goal, which was scored by the aforementioned Mr. Carberry, um, and. There's a lot of talk that uh, might have been just a tad offside. <laughs> just a tad. Mm, just a little yeah, bit. I think yeah. that was, I mean, and we've, how many times have we seen those kind of decisions made uh, against us? So, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue when one goes in our favour every so often, but that, yeah, that was, uh, I think it was pretty offside, that one. It was so offside that if it was at the World Cup, the Qatari VAR team still would have given it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Mr. Bond and Mr. Rimmer, you you were both beh beside uh, behind the goal, weren't you? You were in front of the Jack Carr, as I recall, because yes. I saw you. Because I actually only caught a glimpse of the goal because I just arrived and I was waiting for my lovely food from the best food in football, Lourdes Deli. Uh, and um, I came up to you, Dan, as I recall, and said, what happened? Who scored? And uh, you just said, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the ball went so, in the back of the really, net. Which was really blow. helpful, it has to be said. 
Um, from what, but they, they, they protested quite a lot and quite sort of heavily. Um, obviously, the camera angle sort of, you know, it doesn't show the whole sort of picture, it only sort of zooms in. So you don't know if someone was, I don't know, it was, it was hard one to call on the video, but obviously if the line someone was there, you would have thought you would have given the correct decision. So we'll I'll leave honest, it there. I, we drew, my view so. from the main stand was not dissimilar to the view of the camera and it was bloody obvious to all of us that <laughs> it was it yeah. off the pitch <laughs> yeah. he was off the pitch but i didn't he know was basically was... in the jack car yeah. <laughs> much in the jack car literally he... and, and to be honest the ironic thing though uh, is though play to the whistle kingsling goalkeeper because he puts his arm up yeah. far too early and if he had his arm there he could well have saved he could well have saved it but yeah, I'm going to be on it. And then I went over to sarcastic. I sort of went over to where the line I was standing to applaud that decision, saying how much of a great decision it was. Because <laughs> the amount of poor decisions we can get, it's uh, it's nice to have one going our favour. But yeah, I think I think that's uh, fair to say that was uh, that was we were, we were pretty just, I think yes, it's fair. I think, I think it's fair to right. say that um, Kingsland Town will probably not win any awards for friendship. Um, they're not they're not the most pleasant and agreeable of sides. They're a very technically excellent side, but um, yeah, they were n- niggly on and off the pitch. I, I think, think that's what was disappointing agree. about the game. We'd gone into the game thinking that we were going to see the best football inside in the league, and I think we all thought that. And for about 60, 70 minutes, we couldn't quite believe what we were seeing because they were nothing like that at all. Mm. They were they were just uh, dirty, the play acting, they were, they were trying anything they could to try and curry favour with the referee because, to be brutally honest, we were playing them off the park. But then from about 70 minutes, they kind of turned and all of a sudden started to play football and you saw what side of, sort of side they could be. And it was at that point that we started to get into a bit of trouble. So as Nick said, it was inevitable that eventually they would score and then sadly they did. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but, I, I said I said to the media guys, I'm not, I'm just sorry, you know, but I don't think I could watch football like this every week. If this is what, if this is the style of play that mm-hmm. the uh, that they have, I just it was it, it, there was no there was no flow to the game, like the game flow, and it was every every sort of decision they were trying to you say curry favour with the ref and and get decisions to go their way, and it just wasn't it just wasn't watching. Say I was really disappointed. I was expecting that really really good football, um, and to sort of see could, almost give ourselves as well it. like. How how well we were doing against a team that was that was going to be put up there and as as a really good footballing team. I would have liked to have seen how you know how our performance stacked up against that. At the end of the day, we just we just had to kind of out, out outlive a kind of a very niggly, very whiny bunch of uh, toddlers. Yeah, but you could you could forgive a team being like that if they were successful with it. So if for seventy minutes they'd been very successful in you know scoring goals and getting past us by playing like that, you could you could forgive it. But they were awful. So it wasn't mm. like they were getting anywhere with it either. When they started to play football and stopped the play acting, they were fantastic. Yeah. And I think another thing, which is right, I mean, we, we said, and I, I say, and for me, once we scored the goal, I thought we were, we were, we dropped back further and further and further and invited them on, which I also think contributed to the fact that they were able to play better football. But conversely, when they equalised, I actually thought from that point on we were arguably the we were well we were the better side and certainly if any team was going to nick it you would have thought oh they've just equalised so the confidence will be flowing they'll go but actually and and particularly I will say again uh, now Watson came on uh, later in the second half made a big impact for me um, uh, d- definitely caused some problems with his pace we had a number of set pieces um, which they only just managed to defend a couple of balls narrowly passed the box there was. Um, one free kick, I think, at 1-0, uh, which uh, Doyle narrowly missed um, at the far post. And, um, yeah, we, on another day, it's a game that could, we could easily have won. Yeah, absolutely. And say so I came away from that feeling a little bit disappointed that we didn't. It was a, it was a brilliant point for us. A point we would have all, you know, snapped your hand off for a point pre-match, but say so afterwards, felt like, yeah, we could have we could have snatched it in the end. So it, it was... It, you know, it, Kind of left was very buoyant going into going into the Saturday fixture. Um, Indeed, I mean, I, th- I think the thing I would say is those games, Brackley and Kings Lynn. I think in previous seasons, you're probably looking at a narrow home defeat. 
I think in a lot of the last few seasons, narrow home defeat. And I think the fact that we are disappointed with the fact that we haven't won the game actually shows a lot about where the team is, certainly from a league perspective. Yeah, I agree um, with you. And, and the interesting thing is, I, obviously, I, I see this um, quite regularly when I'm preparing for the sort of we've met before thing. When I look mm-hmm. at the lineups and the last games we played against some of these teams, they're very, very similar for us. You perhaps have one or two changes. So it just goes to show that this is basically players maturing and growing into their roles and understanding of how they play. Because you're right, last year we'd have, we'd have lost both of those games and this year we, we didn't. Um, so on to man of the match. And the official man of the match chosen by the vice presidents and the recipient of the Adam Lewis Trophy was Michael Carberry, um, the the controversial goal scorer and this was a result that was also uh, the case for Port Chat uh, over 50% of the votes um, I think he's a really strong performer he's, I think he's someone who's become a real fan's favourite in a short period of time that he's been with the club uh, and so well done to Michael Adam Anson coming in second and it's interesting I don't know what you think Anson always comes quite highly when in the votes which brings us on to Saturday and uh, the FA Trophy uh, game at home to Curzon. Um, and it all started so well, didn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, that first half, I thought we were, we were the dominant side and, and this is going to be an easy, easy victory, to be honest. And we were all over them. They looked, they didn't look anything at all. I, we, me and Les were sat there in the press box feeling quite, quite happy with ourselves. Again, this is going to be a great victory. We looking who are we going to get in the next round? Um, and then what team came out after half time? Either they got a damn good talk. Well, actually, I believe they did get a damn good talking to at half time. Uh, the uh, the Curzon uh, side and and they uh, they came out renewed, refreshed, and um, fully in control of the game. And as soon as the uh, the goal started going in, our heads dropped and and didn't look like we were ever going to get back in it. I think the thing is, uh, it's an old adage: goals change games. And that equaliser, from uh, uh, obviously I wasn't at the game, but from everyone I've spoken to, very much against the run of play, um, when it should have quite and should have could have quite easily been three or four nil to Southport at that point. Well, that's that's what changes the game for you. Yeah, it came at a good time for them as well. Just just before half time, you know, they had played, kind of like renewed their spirits. They were they were to go in and get the Reds together and then come out, you know, ready to, ready to, uh, to bring it to the Southwark side. And interestingly as well, we didn't we didn't make any um, sweeping uh, changes to our um, formation team at, at half time like we have done in we had been in the previous matches. You know, we've been bringing on a couple of half time substitutes. Well, before we just go into the change, sorry. Before we just go into changes, let's just talk about the actual changes that we made to the starting lineup because there were a few. And the the biggest one and the one that will have driven the uh, drawn the most attention was obviously the return of Cam Mason in goal. It was nice to see Cam back in. Uh, he's not been put. Um, he's not been in the squad in the team, sorry, for quite some time. So it was nothing else. It was good to see him back out there in his in a Southport shirt. Um, the other changes saw Doyle come in in place of Anson and a return to about four. Watson back in and Carberry kept his place at the expense of Hamami. So Anson and Hamami not in the team. Um, for a lot of people, probably two of our key performers so far this season. And um, Dan, obviously, you, Dan Hayes, you were at the game. Um, yeah. It obviously I, looked I, I fine think... for the first half, but, but perhaps... Well, it, was, it was fine for the first half until we came under a bit of pressure. So we we played a very, very high line. Cam was patrolling outside of his box for a lot of the first half. We were on the front foot and we were attacking. And when we were attacking, we were we were fine. But I think when when we started to come under a bit of pressure towards the end of the half, that's when I think the experience or uh, of, of Anson not being on the pitch made the made the big difference because we did start to drop deeper. Liam made the comment in his post-match interview as well that as we came under pressure, we started to sit deeper. Um mm-hmm. Uh, and it was noticeable. I mean, I commented on it at the game to, to the person sat next to me, how, how all of a sudden we'd started to sit deep and we weren't defending high anymore. Uh, and it, it, it sort of begs the question as to what the reason for that was. I mean, we were playing with the back four rather than a, the, the, the five at the back that we've been we've been playing. I think having uh, three centre-halves gives the side a bit more freedom. Um, and we're playing with four... It, it was, you know, it's, it's different. We, we missed Anson. We had a different keeper in goal. That each keeper's got his own style. I mean, Cam pulled off some outstanding saves. Uh, there was an unbelievable double save at one point, and it's the sort of double save that 
And you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that Tony would make, but then equally, um, I you could perhaps say that Tony may have saved one of the goals. You know, it's one of those. It swings and roundabouts. This is you know, the double save that you're referring to was was possibly one of the best saves I've ever seen any Southport keeper make. But it was quite unfortunate that we conceded about thirty seconds after he made it. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, and and you know, there's, there's been so much talk over the over the goalkeeper situation at the minute. The Squires Gate game, uh, I think, being realistic, is, is a bit of a practice session, is a bit of a, a high-intensity training session for the lads. But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to be picking the goalkeeper for the weekend because I, I, I think they're, they're both in with a fair shout. I think Candy, okay. I think there's there's a couple of there's a couple of moments to look back on. I think maybe I could have done a bit better at this situation or that situation. But on the whole, I, I, I thought he did okay. And that, that save in particular that you're referring to, was outstanding. There wasn't a one at one point during the game. I think that the it was such a Jekyll and Hyde performance because we scored that goal after three minutes. Um, and we what looked, a goal, by the way! What yeah, a goal! Oh, know, great and, and, and and Jack did a great job, and we looked so comfortable. But it's it's one of those. It's it's you know is there such a thing as scoring too early? You know we probably did. We we you know we 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 kept it up for the for the for the rest of the half, but. When they equalised, we we didn't really have much answers. As, as as Dan says, you know the the, the oppositional play changes. And one of, one of the best performances I saw this season in a game that that and it sounds weird we lost was um, Chester away, where we played really really well. Um, but when it became clear that we weren't, we didn't really have an answer to 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 what they were throwing at us. We you know we sit so much deeper and we're lumping the ball along again and. Um, you know, but that said, uh, people have different opinions about the FA Trophy. I'm not really that heartbroken that we're out the FA Trophy. It's always nice to go on a cup run. The money's always not. Oh, I, I can and I can see some people shaking their head, disagreeing with me. For me, do you know, what? if 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 this is the season where we're going to go on a genuine playoff push, I'd, I'd, I'd take being binned out the FA Trophy. I know the money'd be helpful. I know everyone wants to go on a cup run. But if if we're aiming for promotion, I'm I'm not going to cry that much about it. If there's one tr- if there's one cup run you want to go on, it's the FA Cup because no disrespect to the FA Trophy, but the sponsorship money and the prize money is a fraction of what is offered for the FA Cup. And so if you're going to find if you're going to find a competition that's actually going to make a substantial difference to your club, then it's got to be the FA Cup, hasn't it? You can say that, you can say that, but the, the FA Trophy currently offers you quite a high possibility of drawing some some big, big clubs with with very active followings at the moment. <laughs> and I'm talking, you know, your your Wrexhams, your Notts Counties. Uh, you no, see and a half thousand in the national and it was nil nil yeah, so, oh so I'm talking from a, yeah, from a financial standpoint, actually, I think the trophy is 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 has, has got currently has got potential to to bring in a decent amount financially, and it is a shame to lose that. And yeah, okay, you want to go on the good on the on the run and, and get that possibility to for promotion, but from a financial stability standpoint, it is a it is a big loss to end up out of both cup competitions so so soon. It it is, and don't get me wrong, you know. Yeah, I'd love to draw Notts County away and go and have a have an absolutely great day in front of thousands and thousands of people. Absolutely, and and the money that that brings, you know, for the long term benefits, great. But I'd rather get promoted. And if you go, if you go in games like that, can absolutely kill fitness, can knacker players out. I'm not saying I don't want them, and and it and it would have been nice, but. You've got to. Look, I, <laughs> sorry, no, I disagree. How many, how many clubs do you see? How many teams do you see that are on a hell of a cup run and also performing brilliantly in the league? It, what one encourage it can can encourage the other. You're forgetting the psychological benefits of of meeting those different teams, not the the ones that are at those higher levels that you're not usually coming into into contact with, and that actually helps your league performance as well. Yes, it's extra games, but I think there's a lot of psychological um, benefit experience benefit to it as well our our little run that we've been on started with Longridge Town at home yeah if you've you've got a a squad of 25 then maybe I I I, I do get it and I'm not I'm not bemoaning the FA Trophy the FA Trophy is a valuable competition and of course we want to win every game I'm not denying that at all but what I'm saying is 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 that you know we've we've seen a resurgence in form in the league you know we we look 
genuinely competitive at the minute. We've played, you know, games against Kingsland and Brackley, the two league, league leaders where we've we've given a really good account of ourselves. And there's no one really in this league now that we should be scared of. We're out of both the cups, are the main cups. I know we're still, you know, the counties to, to come talk about, but I, I, I'm not hugely heartbroken over it. Um, one thing I will say as well, um, the, the, the run of games where we've scored goals, we've now scored in 13 consecutive first-class games. It's 11 consecutive league games. And we've done that a couple of times in the past decade. The last time we got to 12 was 11 years ago, uh, coming, up, coming up to the Kettering game. So, you know, there's 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 a lot of positives on that team at the minute. The goalkeeper mm-hmm. argument, the, the goalkeeper um, situation is a good one to be in because you, you're trying to pick between two decent goalkeepers. We're scoring goals. Um, you know, so on the whole, I, I, I think there's actually a lot of positives on the pitch at the minute. Mike, what's your take on this whole um, uh, play as many cup games as you can versus uh, promotion? Because I think there are, I think there are valid points that everyone's making here. What's your go- yeah. take on it, Mike? Uh, that's the thing. I, I don't disagree. I, I, I think, yeah, fair enough. It's uh, if you're out both competitions, then it's uh, we've got a, a great run now because other than the county cups, we pretty much will have to play Saturday some Saturday, Tuesdays and things like that. We're not getting distracted by other competitions and things. But personally, I'm going to go completely other way. I was absolutely gutted when we can start conceding. I, I, it's weird because I, I don't think I've been more gutted this season than when I saw the notification come round that we'd, uh, that we'd gone 3-1 down to Curzon because this is, for me, a big competition. This is, a, from a purely selfish fan point of view, um, I was. I remember being at Darlington after we were. We didn't do a podcast. I don't think when we played Darlington, but when we were absolutely robbed. And then I, obviously I wasn't there on on Saturday. It sounds like Curzon would deserve winners, but you know w- this is your big chance of, of. I know it sounds sounds partly impossible, but your big chance of going to Wembley is the FA Trophy. Next round, next round, your big boys, your Wrexhams, your Notts Counties, all them we've mentioned come in. That'd be a great away trip. You get a bit of publicity. Even if you go to a ground like that, they might have five, ten thousand people there. It's, it's it's good for money and everything like that. And yeah, it would just be it would just been been fantastic. But you know, in a non bitter way, I really hope Kirsten's at home. I I, <laughs> I spent some time this week looking, trying to work out all the games that I'd been to over the years. Um, and I, at one point, I was trying to decide which was the best game I've seen. And it's a toss up, probably between Notts County at home in the FA Cup and Slough at home in the FA Trophy. And I've put that one ahead of going to Wembley just for the sheer emotion of getting there. And it's no surprise to me that those two are both cup games because cup games bring something different. They mean something different to people. Yeah, I mean, I see it same. I think same as as you, uh, County, uh, um, in the cup. I think uh, Derby away in the cup again. Chammere. When we when we uh, you know we we held them to held them to the draw to the replay. I was pregnant at the time, and that was a uh, we yeah it was wild in the stands. And you know so and they are all those moments. They they're all they're all cup games. Yeah. You're right. It does it kind of like invokes an additional kind of passion even, from a fan base. Even Orient when we were having the conga down the stand, where we were three 0 down and <laughs> made all our subs after about three minutes. Yeah. Um, I just want to put, I'm, I'm not like I, I, I feel like I'm being mis- misrepresented slightly here. I'm not happy that we're at the FA Trophy. That isn't what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you've, you've got to see it now as, as, as an opportunity to push forward in the league. That's how I'm seeing it. I'm not saying it's mm. a good thing that we've been knocked no, down. I, it isn't. I, I, what I'm saying is, is is that I'm not I'm not going to lose much yeah. sleep over it. Um, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. And you do have to take the positives out of everything, yeah. don't you? I mean, a lot of managers say that if you lose a game, actually they learn more from it than they would have they'd gone on a winning run. And you have to take the positives out of any scenario. We're out of both competitions that are, have got a chance of, of earning a decent money. So why not concentrate on the league? Don't forget, we've got more games this season than we've probably ever had mm-hmm. in any league season previously. That's so true. the fact that we now have got a bit more room in our calendar to, uh, you know, spoiler alert, move some fixtures around, then even better. No, I do, I do take your point about the trophy. And at the end of the day, as much as I've just said, oh, it's really gutting in that. I'd rather we beat, um, I'd rather we, we beat Curzon in the league and went out the trophy to him. Absolutely. I, I think agree. Completely. At the end of the day, I'm still at that point. If you say at the start of the league, what do you want to do? 
third round in the FA Cup, FA Trophy final, or get promoted. For me, get promoted is 100% the top priority every time. If you knew in advance that the reward would be away at Darlington, you'd take it every day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mr. Bond, Mr. Bond, you've not had your say on this, uh, uh, this uh, controversial topic, as it were. What's your thoughts? Uh, as you say, you know, if you, if you, <laughs> I would also rather do better in the league than, but then again, if we've got one more round, we would have maybe have got someone like a massive team and like Wrexham away or, or someone like that. But there's always the risk that you're going to get Darlington away. There's always that risk. And, and bear in mind, Darlington away, if we had got them in the trophy, would have been four days after we play them in the way in the league. In the way. Tuesday night as well. Yeah, so. and that, yeah, I'm not up for that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going Darlington away because I hate the place. Um, sorry, but you do play at a rugby club. Um, but I don't, I don't like rugby, so sorry, no, but you know, um, uh, but you know, there's always there's always a risk that you might get someone uh you know like that. Also, I would like to say at the Curzon game, big shout out to Francis that was doing the line. Uh big mate, big up, big up the big Francis Sibling, the big man. Uh keep that in. <laughs> just, just, just going back to the football, um there's, there's, there's something which both Tuesday night and um Saturday have in common, in so much as we <laughs> football is definitely not the winner. Football is not the winner. We've we've looked um, more vulnerable when we've sat back. Yeah, and I think part of that. This is just my opinion. This is no disrespect to any of the players involved, but when um, you have what I would say you would describe as a target man. You can play that system because when you do get the ball forward, as long as you get it forward vaguely accurately, your target man is going to hold your ball up or bring other players into play. Now, John Arch has many qualities. I think he's a fabulous player. I think he's a brilliant goal scorer, technically excellent, but a target man he is not. And I didn't see the game on Saturday, but on Tuesday, um, there was a ball wafted into the, the general area of him, which... He, he was challenged and didn't manage to get hold of. And the goal came from that. Now, I'm not for one second saying it's his fault he gave the ball away. What I'm saying is we're not playing to his strengths. And if we're going to, if you're going to sit back, you need to make sure that you have someone who's going to be that target player, who's going to hold the ball up, who is going to make sure that the ball isn't just going to come, keep coming back because that's what you have to do if you're going to adopt that policy, sit deep and and, and go from there. I don't, I don't, particularly those of you on Saturday, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts it on It was that. exactly the same on Saturday, yeah. though, to be brutally honest. It, it was. Uh, we know what Jordan's strengths are. He, he's a big lad, but it's not his forte. He's, that's not what he's about. Uh, and... Um, he yeah he, he was caught a couple of times the ball coming up to him balls that realistically he's never really going to win and really going to hold on to it was perhaps desperation in trying to clear the lines that he was the focal point because he was the last man at the top but he um, it's not his strengths we, we miss Marcus um, as someone who plays that role incredibly well um, when he plays Jordan plays well uh, when he's got someone with him Jordan plays well when he's on his own um He's not been as good. The club man of match um, and the receiver of the uh, um, the recipient, pardon me, of the uh, Adam Lavoie Trophy uh, went to Charlie Munro, who we were talking about uh, last week. Um, but the Port Chat man of the match again, it was pretty um, pretty unanimous, really. Well over fifty percent of the votes went to the goal scorer himself, Jack Bainbridge. He seems to be having his own goal of the season uh, competition at the moment, I think, but uh, obviously a real um, fan's favourite. And uh, So well done to Jack. So those are the uh, two games from the last seven days. Before we look ahead to the uh, smorgasbord of football that we have awaiting us, um, which isn't in the Middle East over the next uh, few days, uh, it's over to Nick, who has the news. Because I'm convinced. No, we told you, Nick, you can't afford a jingle. I'm going to make, bring my own jingle. All right. 
Um, so we couldn't even afford the Horton Weavers last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's been a couple of fixture changes. Let's start off with fixture changes. Um, so because obviously we are exit from the trophy and Hereford are also not in cup action, um, we are moving uh, the um, Hereford game to uh, the 17th, Saturday the 17th, rather than the Tuesday the 20th of December. Um, which I mean, I, I'm. I think that's that's all right. How we how we feeling about that team? I think it makes perfect sense unless you booked a hotel in Hereford already. Yeah, well, if anyone listening wants a hotel in Hereford on Tuesday the 20th of December, <laughs> please get in touch because I'm not trying to offload a hotel. But no, on a serious note, I am very happy to be here for the Saturday. Uh, more people can go. I've already rebooked a train, getting there nice and early. So yeah, it should be a should be a very good Saturday football week for Christmas. Looking forward to it. Excellent. Can I just say um, as well, we've we've mentioned stewards before. The stewards at Hereford are lovely. They're so yes, nice. They will let you yeah. out the ground. They will find you pubs. They're just absolutely scholar. Well, I wasn't there. That's why. Uh, yeah, but, uh, Noel's got connections. Remember? Yeah, you've got oh, connections. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they were lovely. Really, really friendly. Uh, and then on to uh, another fixture change, which I don't know how I feel. I'm not I'm not as keen on this one, to be honest. No, uh, so for some no. reason, yeah, no. for, for some reason, I'm not sure why. And I'm sure we might sort of be able to try and do some, some, ask some questions and find out. But we've moved our uh, New Year's Day, January the 1st fixture uh, to the 2nd of January, which means yeah. it's, a, it's a school night. One of, the, one of the reasons was related to Stuart's um, the, the, the reason it was originally on the first is because we use Everton stewards and Everton are at home on the second. So that was the original reason it was there. Now that we've changed our stewarding company, the reason to hold it on the first is, is gone. And I believe from Mark that we've had a request from Curzon that we've agreed to to move it to the to the second. I, I, I'm personally really disappointed because I like going and taking in other games of football as well. And I had the opportunity to do two games in one weekend. Um, and now I can't. So um, I'm, obviously I'm going to prioritise going to Southport, but um, I, I wanted to take two games in. Yeah, especially when like people will be excited about the return of the Premier League following the uh, the big the long break yeah. for the World Cup. It, it does yeah. it, it 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 does seem like you know it, it seems like a a kind of bad decision from the standpoint of you know bringing in fans. And we've had some very healthy attendances of late as well. So you know trying to build on that, I think would be would be uh, uh, important. But I think there must be reasoning. Um, not sure what it is, but let's yeah see if we can find out. Um, uh, I just think it seems that people are less likely to make a big day of it um, because they know they're going to be in work the day after and that yeah. potentially could lead to less revenue for the club. Agreed. It's New Year's Day's tradition as well, isn't it? I mean, ha- having football to go to on New Year's Day is something that everybody looks forward to and when that doesn't happen, it's disappointing. Oh, you are? Yeah, say, well, it, 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 it is what it is. It is what it is. Yes. Um, other news. Speaking of the World Cup, um, the eighteen eighty one lounge is open for all of the England World Cup games uh, and all of the seven pm games this week, I believe. Uh, so head on down uh, to the lounge for some uh, World Cup and. Uh, reasonably priced beers. Um, other community news. Um, so thank you to the amazing uh, efforts of Lord's Deli, uh, wonderful people that they are. They're hosting a warm space in the 1881 Lounge every Thursday between 4 and 6 p.m. starting this week. Uh, they're going to have free food and juice for the kids, curry for the adults. Um, they're going to have toys and books and coats, uh, and they're grateful for all donations. So if anyone has anything that they think they can help out with, um, I mean, they've had some fantastic donations already. They've had some uh, donations from money from the from Ian and Claire Kyle and from uh, the players. They've also been donated some uh, some f- uh, meat from butchers. They've been donated free haircuts for any uh, kids, underprivileged kids that are there. Um, They've uh, been given, um, say, toys and books and stuff. I'm going to go along on Thursday. I've got a load of um, coats um, and warm clothes that that we want to donate. Um, so. Really great initiative, really well done from uh, for Lords Delhi and big thanks to the club to letting us uh, letting them sorry use the the space. All um, the stuff that's on, uh, there is a Sabutio World Cup 
um, and that is uh, being held at the Shot and Chaser Micropub on Wesley Street. Um, that's going to be every Wednesday, 7 till 10. That sounds fantastic. Um, if I didn't have the kids here, I would probably go down and, and check that out, but might have to rely on Noel to uh, give us an update on that one, perhaps. Sounds well, like school, uh, your mate. sort of thing. On a And kind of news from in and around the, the world of football. Sure, we've got we've got a positive piece and a less positive piece. What, which one do you want me to start with? Good or less, bad? A, a less positive piece. Yes. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you want me to start with a less positive piece? <laughs> yeah, let's start with the bad news and then we can move on to the good news. Well, obviously, there was an incident at the weekend um, that has been all over uh, sort of social media and the, the, the news. Um, uh with Warrington Town's goalkeeper Tony Thompson, um, uh, his drinks bottle was uh, exchanged, shall we say, uh, during the game by um, Geisley fans uh, for one that uh, contained a urine. Um, Tony became aware of this when he sadly took a swig of said bottle and um, and then was shown a red card after retaliating against the uh, the, the fan. Oh, I'll say fan, the the person who who, who swapped the bottles. Um, so yeah, that's that's really blown up. That it's it's really unpleasant. Um, I know that both clubs are uh, trying to identify the culprit, looking at various CCTV, and hoping anyone that's got any information gets in touch. Um, Tony's given some interviews and he, he you know very unhappy about the situation. Situation, and I'm assuming that the police are involved now as well. It's an utterly disgraceful situation, isn't it? Um, and what is the thinking of that person in doing something which is just so utterly disgusting? Um, I, I don't know about any of you, but I just find it totally unfathomable. Yeah, it is. I mean, we've got to say, look, we've, we've all we all try and, and put off uh, opposition goalkeepers. That's that's another one of those the charm of being a, a non-league fan. You're so close to the to the pitch, and you can you can you can really get in the head sometimes. But but that's taking it uh, beyond an acceptable level, way 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 beyond any acceptable level. So whoever it is, hope they get caught. And they uh... okay. Moving on to the more positive news, um, there uh, Bath uh, City have uh, issued an update. Uh, from um, Alex Fletcher, uh, the player that was injured, uh, gosh, could we say two weeks ago now? Yeah, must be um, after uh, colliding with um, a uh, concrete advertising hoarding. Um, so the message has actually come from Alex. Um, thank you for everyone for their kindness and generosity. Um, so it's been a massively challenging period in his life that he's now off the intensive care unit and he's continuing <laughs> his recovery on the neurosurgery so, neurosurgery ward um you know say it it's it's a very very positive update um and again you know everyone here i'm sure wishes him all the best Uh, it's good to hear some good news it's very obvious that it's been um a traumatic incident not just for alex and for his family but for all the players not just uh, his teammates but all the opposition players who saw that there so Hopefully, you know, that will bring, as you say, it is looking more positive and hopefully it will continue in that way. It is. Yeah, I mean, obviously it wasn't, say, not just the players as well. Bath City is a uh, community-owned football club. Um, Mm. It's operated and owned and run by by the fans, all volunteer run. Um, I had a couple of them on uh, attending my my training sessions this week and, and they talked about how the incident had, had affected them and got everyone there. Um, they actually did return to uh, playing football this weekend. Uh, they played Billericay Town uh, in the trophy. So, yeah, so good news for everyone there and I hope it kind of goes some way to, mm. to help everyone heal after that. Definitely. Um, on to the community teams. Uh, as you can well imagine, with the weather having been so delightful over uh, the last week, there were a number of games that unfortunately did not pass uh, the uh, fitness test for the conditions. But there were quite a number of games that did take place. So first of all, a big congratulations to our players of the week. Thomas, Louis, Adam, Ethan, Adam, Tyler and George, Quinn, Harry and Harrison. A special mention to Andy and Lee with their under-11s on the amazing start to the season. And I think we had another one of the teams... uh, flagging didn't we at the weekend Nicola if I'm not mistaken yes it was the under 13s that's um Simon uh Simon Bezik's team uh they were yeah. they were doing friend the, of the pod. Uh, friend of the pod, yeah, Simon, the pod. Yeah. yeah might have seen a young Hayes with a flag in his hand as well ah. all right 
How, how was his flagging action? Oh, he's very good. <laughs> it's not, not as good as his goal scoring, thankfully. <laughs> um, special mention also say to Andy and Lee their under 11s have had an amazing start to the season uh, and, ho- and hopefully that continues on uh, into as they look towards the second half of the season um, ladies update in a shock move our uh, county women's Challenge Cup game uh, was postponed um, due to the uh, appearance of a small lake in the Hulsall area. Um, we're hoping it will, uh, to be able to get that game on this weekend. Um, so that's um, the Lancashire County FA Women's Challenge Cup at home to Lancaster City Ladies. And that's due to be a 2 p.m. kickoff at Hulsall Memorial Ground. Um, we're going to have a look and see um, if how the pitch is looking midweek and if not we may move it to a 3G venue if we can get one um, if you keep an eye on uh, Facebook and Twitter uh, if there are any changes to the uh, details for that game um, they will be posted on there that's our only home game between now and the end of the year so uh, any support or I think there are some people who just turn up to heckle me really I can't say as I blame them um, then uh, all of that is very warmly uh, welcomed Um, in the academy, um, in the last game, they lost 4-0 at Tranmere. Never an easy place to go. Um, I, I, I've played against Tranmere teams for many years, and uh, it's always a, a, t- a tough place to go for a variety of reasons. Well, the next game, they're playing against Stephen Gerrard. Oh, no, the, sorry. They're playing against Stephen Gerrard Academy's team, and that will be uh, our... Next Wednesday, that's a week tomorrow, as you're listening to the pod released on the Tuesday. That's Wednesday the 30th, and that will be at JMO in Skelmersdale and a 2 p.m. kickoff. And just before I finish on the community teams and move on to the previews, I would like to say a big thank you to Mr. Cave, who has quite frankly been doing a miraculous job with the pitches and was up at an ungodly hour on Sunday morning after that deluge to make sure that as many children could play as possible. So, James, on behalf of all the children, parents and coaches, thank you for everything you do. You're very welcome. I'm not allowed to cut that out. And, right, that, was, and that, was even, that was even after a very heavy, you know, anniversary celebratory night. He was out at the crack of dawn doing it for the kids. Well, I, 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 I should say, actually, to, to, to be fair on that, if I'm going to leave it in, um, because there, there are a couple of other people who help out, particularly this weekend, um, Ian Taylor, um, who manages one of our teams um, yeah. did come down on on Saturday and Sunday morning to, to help out as well. Um, we, we were we were a bit fortunate weather. Um, Andy uh, Andy Forster, who is the community secretary, uh, he's been down helping with a couple of things. That you know, it's it, it's a real team effort. Yeah. Um, it, you know, because it's not just about the pitches. There's a lot of work that goes on um, in terms of. You know, keeping the kids playing and 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 everything that he's done. Uh, Dan Hayes, who helped out for a who? long time, yeah, <laughs> uh, who who uh, you know took a very well deserved early retirement at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the season. But but you know, the, there's so many people involved, too many to mention. Um, you know, and I, I think that the, the community setup, whether it be the ladies, whether it be the juniors, um, you know, some of the things the club are doing in terms of walking football. Um, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And I think there's a lot of things that go on that supporters don't necessarily hear much about if they're not directly involved with it. Um, and I think the community fan, the community arm of the club is is something that the club should be really proud of. Um, yeah, it's the jewel in the crown, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and always more work to be done. There's always more that, that, that we can do. Um, <laughs> but I think on, on the whole... We 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 get into where we want to be, you know. We, I, I'd say, and, and and yourself, Noel, who is who is the chairman of the of the, or certainly of the youth teams. I'm chairman of the community section, yeah. You know, so there's you know, the, the, there's a lot of great people involved. But we're always on the lookout. So. Always on the lookout for more. If you ever want to get involved with anything at all, if you want to get involved with coaching, there's always new teams. No previous experience necessary. The club will help you through all your badges. Um, you know, if you've got two hours a week to come and help me with pitches, you'd be more than welcome, you know, or, or pretty much anything. If you want to get involved with, or you think you've got a couple of hours a week and you just want to give something back to the community or you want some experience in football, then definitely, you know, get in touch because there'll definitely be something there for you. Yeah. 
that's brilliant. Thank you very much, James. And that concludes the community update. So now it's on to the previews. And we start with the game, which has with this podcast is released on Tuesday morning, the 22nd. This game will be taking place tonight. And we are hosting the Mighty Squires Gate. Dan, tell us a little bit about our previous battles with the Mighty Men from the coast. Yeah, well, there's only one previous battle with Squires Gate. We only played them once before, back in December 2005, uh, away from home in front of a massive 52 people. So were you one of the hardy 52? Because I wasn't. We won 3-2, thanks to goals from Kevin Ledbetter, Steve Daly and Nick Rogan. Um, as is pretty typical for Liam, he always fields a very strong team for these competitions. He, as he said on his podcast at the, at the weekend, um, respect the competition, respect the opposition. So the team that day uh, was Jamie Spear, Mark Roberts, Chris Lane, Chris Brass, Michael Powell, Dominic Kreef, Robbie Booth, Matty McGinn, Steve Daly, Nick Rogan and Kev Ledbetter. So that's a very strong team for 2005. Um, and even Neil Robinson replaced Steve Daly in the second half. Um, for those who don't know, Squiresgate is an area of Blackpool um, and they were formed in 1948. Um, for the first five years, they were actually known as Squiresgate British Legion and then changed their name to, to just Squiresgate. Um, they spent a long time in the West Lanks League uh, and joined the Northwest Counties in 1991, where they've been ever since. Um, we're at step two in the National League system and the Northwest Counties is step five and their highest finish ever was sixth in 2014-15. They're currently 16th in the league, in the same league as Bursko and Kendall, who Dan and I watched at the weekend. Um, and they're second in the form table, having won five and lost one of the last six. So there'll be no mugs. I can tell you as well that at the weekend, they had an excellent victory. They won, it was a local derby, um, which it was a 1-0 victory over Garstang, uh, which took them into the third round of the F. Uh, third round of the Macron Cup. Um, and the goal scorer, Josh Westwood, not only did he used to play for Garstang, but also I used to teach him and I used to coach him. So there you go. GDPR, that now. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, good. Um, he's, a good, he's a good lad, is Josh. He's a good, uh, good player. I taught him many years ago. Um, but yeah, so it was um, it was a late winner from Josh that sent the gate through. So it's time for predictions. Uh, I'm going to go for a comfortable 3 0. I'm going to go 4 1. I think football will be the winner, and um, I think football will show its victory in a um in an eight nil win. I think so the, the, so the county four competitions we, we see some high score on sometimes. I think it'll be one of those I think yeah we, we, we you know get a couple of goals and uh see us off for the rest of the season maybe eight nil. I don't think it'll be has high scoring. I suspect that we may take the opportunity to give one or two of the academy lads have run, even if it's just on the bench, perhaps. So I'm, I'm anticipating, although it'd be a strong team, it's perhaps perhaps not as strong as it you might expect. So I'm guessing that's still going to be a win, but I'm going to say only two nil. Uh, yeah, I also think it's going to be pretty high scoring, pretty comprehensive sub win. I'll go, uh, I'll go six one for this one. Six, you love the goals, don't you? You love the goals. I, I do, yeah, I do. I've got them right a couple of times, or once. <laughs> uh, for me, I am going to say it's going to be a good, entertaining game, and I think it will end up as a 4-2 victory for the Sandgrounders as we march on to wherever the final is being held this year. And as usual, with all your key info, and please listen carefully because there are a few big differences this time, hand you over to Dan Info Bond. <laughs> Thanks, Noel. Um, yep, yeah, a bit a few differences for this one. Obviously, we're at home, uh, but you, unlike usual well, that sort of Tuesday games, because we've been home for every single no, game, we've been home for about time. nine weeks now. So yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a half seven kickoff, not a seven forty-five kickoff. So don't arrive late. Um, there is only one side of the stand open. It is only the blowwick end or the away end or the George Roberts end, however you say it. Uh, that's open. Uh, if you go to like an Everton under 21s game or you went to the Longridge game, you will know which end that is. Um, there's even difference in the prices because obviously it's County Cup. It's not the same uh, prices as like a normal league game or the FA Trophy. Obviously, it's still not including your season ticket, but adults are £6. All concessions are £3 and under 12s can get in just for a pound. Um, so that's a good discount. Maybe something to do if you are just thinking about going to watch Southport as a one-off, maybe. I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you would watch Southport for a one-off, but 
trying to sell it to you. I'm trying to sell it to you. Um, the bar is going to be open, as we mentioned before. Uh, I think it's going to be open at five, the normal time. Uh, but it will be, I don't know, a happier run because it's obviously only County Cup game. Uh, the food is Lord's Deli, and we reckon there will be a program, but not a full program because it's only a County Cup game. One thing is probably worth pointing out. Um, because obviously we're clearly going to be fighting off the crowds with a stick. Um, yes. There's some horrendous roadworks around the, the area uh, on Millstock mm, oh, Road at the so. moment. So if you are aiming to get to the ground for an earlier kickoff, bear in mind mm. that you are likely to sit in traffic on Millscott Road for a good 15, 20 minutes just getting past the school. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously parking is obviously only street parking, but I don't think it'll be as busy as a normal match day because county cup games just usually aren't. Um, so you might be able to park a bit closer for this one, unlike the league games. So after the uh, dizzy heights of the Lancashire Cup on Tuesday night, we actually finally get to give our beloved hallowed turf a little bit of a rest as we head to Kettering. Well, it's not really Kettering though, is it? No, it's not. No. So we've played Kettering 31 times before, winning seven, drawing seven, but we've actually lost 17. I've always looked at Kettering as a bit of a bogey team, but one of our most memorable results came against them. Also back in 2005, when we headed to their old ground, Rockingham Road, uh, which is, um, uh, we were the second place side at the time. They were top of the league. Uh, it was January the 22nd, and Kettering manager Kevin Wilson was very bullish about his size chances before the game. And in a newspaper interview, he had boldly claimed that they would increase their lead at the top of the table to eight points when they won. So pointing out that had they done so, uh, Southport would have to hit championship form of two points a game in their, with their, and win their four remaining games in hand. Um, Liam had got all the ammunition he needed, and spoke spoke to Liam about the game itself. Uh, he said that his pre-match talk was the easiest one he's ever gave. He got 10 copies of the interview, pinned it up in the dressing room, made every player read it, and then just said, go out and play. And the rest is history. We played attacking 4-3-3, and before long, we dispelled any hopes that the Poppies had of extending their lead at the top. Sid Pickford opened the scoring after just four minutes. Kettering were reduced to 10 men six minutes later, and then we... We racked up another another few goals. Steve Daly made it 2-0 on 37. Pickford made it three shortly after the restart. Kevin Lynch made it four on 68 minutes. And then Leddy um, left the home support totally demoralised a minute later and everybody started heading for the exits. That result equaled Southport's joint highest away win since their exit from the Football League and it's one of the most memorable in any championship season. Now, I think Kettering's ground moves are reasonably well known. Uh, I was a regular visitor to Rockingham Road in the 90s, but since leaving there in 2011, they've had a few moves. They first went to Nen Park after Russian and Diamonds left, and then they had, they had to move to Steel Park in Corby a year later, and then they moved to Latimer Park in Burton Latimer. So you're right, Noel, that it's not actually Kettering, it's in Burton Latimer. It's three miles outside of Kettering, uh, and they currently share that ground with Burton Park Wanderers. Uh, we've played Kettering twice this calendar year already, once in February and once in April. And unfortunately, we were on the losing side on both of those occasions. Uh, the 2-1 defeat in February was the game in which our 14 game unbeaten run came to an end, if you can remember that far back. Uh, we started brightly in that game. Tyler Walton gave us a lead quite early on, uh, but then we conceded an equaliser just 60 seconds later through Sheriff, or Sheriff, however you, you pronounce his surname. And he's still very much their danger man today. Uh, we've shared a few players with Kettering in the past, not a huge number. Andy Parry, Phil Eastwood and Ian Arnold are the three that come to mind, really. But I've got a fun fact for you. Can you think of what Kettering are quite famous for? Go on, James, I think you'll know this. Put your hand, go on, you put your hand up, go on. Uh, they were debatably the first team in England to carry shirt sponsorship. Correct. And it was, if I recall... Kettering tyres, and they were only allowed to wear it for a game or two before the FA told them to, to drop on. So, yes, they widely yeah. claimed to be the first side to wear sponsorship on the shirts, and that was 1976. Now, I'm pretty sure I've seen photographs of a Southport Vulcan team in around 1918 or 19, which has got the Vulcan Motorworks logo on the shirt. So I'm less than convinced by their claim. Now, I'm not sure, though, that it's in our lineage, because I think that's the Southport Vulcan that reformed a year or so after we'd reconstituted as Southport FC, and that was the Vulcan that entered the team into the West Lanks League. Uh, I'm pretty sure we'll get to the bottom of it anyway at some point in the near future. But, yeah, I, I personally... Believe that Southport Vulcan were the first to wear a a sponsor's sponsor's name or sponsor's logo on a shirt. Do you know what I think, Dan? I think there's a book in that. <laughs> um, I have another fact about Kettering <laughs> Town because um, 
Kettering Town actually have a player who played his first, a former player who played his first World Cup game for England yesterday, which was James Cave. Callum Wilson. It was Callum Wilson. Well done. I am two for two, you know. Hey, looking at the uh, looking at the league table, I think it's fair to say that the league has not been too kind to Kettering thus far, has it, Dan? No idea, mate. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do this bit then. I'll do this bit. Um, So, um, as it stands, the league table has not been as kind to Kettering Town as you might expect, especially considering, as Dan has mentioned, that they have a very good record against us. Um, They currently sit in 20th position in the league with 19 points from 19 games, a mere three points above the drop zone, and they do have a worse goal difference than all of the teams down there, apart from, guess who? Telford. Um, yes, they have a minus 16, whereas uh, BPA and Farsley, uh, who are both on 16 points, have minus 10 and minus 13, respectively. And Blythe, who are on 14 points, have minus 12. So, if you're looking at the league table, this is really a game that if we're going to carry on our playoff push, we should be looking to win, as it is uh, a not insubstantial 11 points that separate the teams after this amount of games. So, Mr. Bond, you have all the information for us. I do. Um, with this one, obviously, it's, it's nice to preview a game that's not at home for once. Um, but I did enjoy going to Kettering last year. Uh, it's a really... I mean, it's. It, I went on a Tuesday night. I was pretty hammered. I can't remember what, what you Um <laughs> Great content. Um, so, yeah, uh, with this one, three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday, usual sort of kickoff time. Uh, adults are £15, as 18s and overs. Uh, over 60s and students are £10, and the Ute, as it's described on their website, the Ute <laughs> under 18s are £2. Um, unfortunately, there is train strikes, so getting there is a nightmare, but it's okay. We renamed the group chat Mission Kettering. We're booking a Premier Inn, and we're all staying <laughs> in a Premier Inn three miles away. And for some unknown reason, we're doing that. Um, yeah, train strike. So it is quite impossible to get there, there and back on the same day on the train. Um, but one of them. The program's inside the ground, £2.50 uh, for a printed program. Uh, there is food in the social club, uh, which is outside the ground where the marquee area is. But I did believe there was a food van there last season, but it might have been moved. So don't know. The bar is actually quite nice. It has some good, um, good ale on tap, actually, which is nice to see at an only club. Um, and, um, yeah, they even had some bunting up last season of all the clubs in the National League North crests on them. That was that was quite nice. Um, there is also, for those of you, because I know there is some of you on Port Chat that don't see a point in going to football games, uh, that only like listen to audio commentary, there is a free broadcast on Poppy's TV starting at 2.50, so you can listen to audio coverage of this game as well. We faced a Kettering side with only one victory uh, in the last month, uh, and that was a 2-0 home win over Hereford. Um, since then, they lost 2-0 at Kettering Town, and they recorded a 1-0 home victory over Gloucester City in the FA Trophy. Um, so, armed with that knowledge, I am looking for your predictions, and I'm going to start with Mike Rimmer. Ooh, it, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, this. I'm, I'm actually quite glad I didn't have to answer that, what's Kettering famous before, because my answer was going to be the Weetabix factory a couple of miles down the road from the ground. So uh, I'm, I'm quite glad <laughs> I just thought sort of go into that. So if the game is called off, Weetabix factory down the road, if anyone's interested. Um, but yeah, I'm joining the, I'm doing the, I'm doing the mission Kettering. We do have a Premier Inn, but we may as well do something with the afternoon. Yeah, we may as well. Like, <laughs> may as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm on with Mission Kettering. Um, we're free unbeaten away from home, aren't we? So, this was a long time ago, though. Uh, we are free unbeaten, uh, free wins even uh, away from home. I've never seen us beat Kettering, so I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, edge great. on sides of caution two two. I think with a late Kettering 85 90 minute equaliser. I think I'll go for. Uh, I am gonna go with. I'm going to go two-one Southport, but overall I'll still have a good day. I won't really care at ten o'clock when I've got twenty beers. Really, uh, I was going to say I thought Kettering was famous for James A. Caster, um, who is a oh, wonderful Lord. comedian yeah. and yeah. Uh, Kettering fan. So if you do see him, tell him I think he's wonderful. Um, but uh, laugh in his face as we beat them three-one. 
Huzzah. Mr. Hayes. I'm just going to go for a 1-0 win. Okay. And Mr. Cave. Uh, I predict Weetabix will be the winner. Weetabix will be the winner. Other breakfast, um, other breakfast cereals and hotels are available. I think it's going to be a humdinger. I think it's going to be a fantastic game, and I think it's going to end up in. A 3-2 win for the Sandgrounders against the birthplace of Sean Dyche, would you believe? Sean Dyche mm-hmm. came from Kettering. Hello, so, man. yes. So, there we go. Um, so, on, on that bombshell, the ginger disc beard leaves us uh, with no option but to say a huge thank you to James K, Nicola K, Dan Hayes, Mike Rimmer and Dan Bond. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to bore you silly for however long James cuts this down to. As always, ladies and gentlemen, please take care, stay safe, stay warm, stay dry. And you know what? Come on, you yellows. Have you remembered the music this week, James? I remember the music this week, (laughs) (laughs) Mike.